This is Jackets Debrief, a show about the Columbus Blue Jackets, the National Hockey League, and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Hey everyone, welcome to the show. Uh, we're here, we're here to the offseason. It has been a long road, but we're at the offseason. But you know what? It doesn't have to be the offseason for you with DraftKings. That's right. You can still play one-day fantasy through the playoffs, through everything else. And, hey, this weekend we got UFC 262 coming up. You can't miss it. Every punch, kick, and knockout means more with DraftKings lineup on the line. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Pick six fighters, stand to the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, do not forget about base, basketball, and hockey. More money up for grabs there. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN for your shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That is promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network. Um to get a shot and only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, folks, here we are. We're at the offseason. We start the offseason with the beer of the week, the New Belgium Voodoo Ranger Imperial IPA. Let's try this bad boy out. I'm excited. Anything called Voodoo Ranger sounds great. Go, go, Voodoo Ranger. Go, go, Voodoo Ranger. That was awesome. Here we go. Ooh, ooh, that's got the smell of the hoppiness. That is an IPA. Mm. Let me try this again here. Let's see. It's good. It's very. It's a very crisp IPA. Um, if you're someone who's like, I like IPAs, but I don't like the IPAs when they're too hoppy. You wouldn't like this IPA. Um, it's got that bitterness isn't the right word, but it's got that strong flavor on the back of the tongue. I mean, it's a little bit of bitterness, but it's good. I enjoyed it. Um, their their description: a rare blend of choice hops creates an explosion of fresh cut pine and citrus flavors for a complex, rich, and delicious finish. It's good. It is a great beer. That if you're at the bar and they're serving it, you'd have one. You'd get in a variety pack. I wouldn't get a six pack of them because it's just too much of that flavor. But I like it. Awesome. Good times. All right, folks. Last night, Saturday night, the Blue Jackets. Defeat the mighty, mighty Detroit Red Wings. 5-4 in overtime. That was a fun game. It was fun to watch. Um, Which, sad. I mean, one of the problems with this year for the Blue Jackets is there just haven't been enough of those games where you just had a good time watching it. Uh, And part of that is that we came into this year with an expectation this is going to be a playoff team, and then it wasn't. And the more and more it became obvious they weren't, the harder it was to watch games and have a good time with it. And that's that's just where where it became at that point. Um, 
where we're at right now, part of what, okay, so that game, so the game, part of what made it a lot of fun last night, just a lot of scoring, a lot of back and forth. Bjorkstrand had a gorgeous goal. Robinson got the the shorthanded one. Cam got a goal. Obviously, Domi with the winner. Roslovic, who's who's kind of the hometown here at this point for the team. Um, it was a fun game to see. And part of what made it the perfect ending for the season is there was this thought, I think, from a lot of CBJ fans about how, oh, if they win this game, then they'll actually jump the Red Wings in the draft lottery odds, and it'll actually hurt us long-term as a team. But because the game went to overtime, the Blue Jackets didn't jump the Red Wings. Now, theoretically, if they lost in regulation, then I guess it would be more likely that New Jersey could catch them. You know, New Jersey might jump them or meet it or whatever. I'm going to be honest, guys. When I'm watching a Blue Jackets game, I'm not sitting there going through the machinations in my head of how the draft lottery is going to be done by everything. I I knew it about this one because it was exactly these two teams playing each other. And that's what I was interested to see. Um, I was interested to see how the Blue Jackets handled it, how, you know, I, I knew what would happen there. But it was great. I mean, it was... It was fun. And seeing Max Domi get that game winner and his face light up, it was fun. It was this moment of enjoyment and just being like, yeah, this is why we like hockey. This is why we watch all these games. We want to see these moments. And yes, you want those moments to happen more often in places like the playoffs and winning a cup. And But that's not happening this year. So we enjoyed it last night. And and it didn't really hurt our lottery odds all that much, and and it's not hurting our draft pick all that much. All that again, whether the Blue Jackets actually use the first pick they have in this year's draft is still something I don't know. I mean, we're we're gonna have plenty of time to talk about a lot of off season stuff because with this team not in the playoffs, we'll talk some about what's going on in the playoffs, but a lot about where the Blue Jackets are going. And honestly, if I had my druthers, the Blue Jackets are trading all three first round picks and something else to get Jack Eichel, maybe two or three other something else's. So I'm not going to sit here and worry too much about if the pick is fifth or sixth or whatever. Because and right now, I just want them to trade it. But we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I the things you can control, you can control. The things you can't, you can't. So that's where we're at. You, you don't What you don't want, you don't want a hockey team where you have a, a, enough players out there who don't care about winning a game that you can be like, yeah, we're going to lose games. You don't want that. You don't want that mindset to set into players. You just don't want that to happen. We started seeing that a little earlier this season with Elvis Mears Lincolns when he was talking about, oh, we don't want to be Buffalo. And I, I get that because you don't want that big losing streak and you don't want it sitting on your head that this ju- that losing is acceptable for your team. So I seeing them win, seeing them win the way they did, that was a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um. Uh, we're going to take a quick word early here from our friends of the Hockey Podcast Network before jumping into what's really obviously the big story of the day there. What's up, everybody? This is Taylor and Brendan from Straight Up Sabres of the Hockey Podcast Network. Things are not going very well in Saberland uh, this season or really for the past 10 years or so. However, we here at Straight Up Sabres are so excited to keep bringing you guys the latest Sabres news with everything ranging from interviews with some of your favorite Twitter follows all the way up to former players and everything in between. We have got you covered with your weekly coverage of the Buffalo Sabres. That's right. We got a lot coming up uh, through the rest of the season and into the offseason. Who's going to coach the team next year? Uh, is Kevin Adams going to have a new boss? Will he be a president of hockey operations? Will there be an assistant GM? Are they going to fill out their scouting staff? 
How many times will I cry next week? Maybe zero. I'm dead inside. Will Jack Eichel be here? Sam Reinhardt going to get extended? You know, all this and more on Straight Up Sabres. Exciting stuff. So make sure you're checking us out wherever you're listening to podcasts and following us on social media, on Facebook and Instagram at Straight Up Sabres and on Twitter at Straight Sabres. All right, go guys. Um, obviously, the big, the big story of the week. Um, and again, we're going to get into a lot of off-season stuff, so we're going to have a lot of time to talk about who we think is going to be on this team next year, what we think is going to happen there, even the ramifications of this as far as as far as Torts leaving the team, which that's the big story there. I mean it's been talked about for weeks that it's been kind of this mutual decision. And I've seen some people wanting to have discussions about, Oh no, he was actually fired and all this, but the contract was up. It seemed to be kind of everybody was like, yeah, it's time to move on. Um, now, is it possible that if the blue jackets had offered Tortorella 5 million a year, he would have decided it wasn't time to move on. Maybe, but I think he knew that they weren't really ready to to say, yep, long-term we want John Tortorella, and he didn't want to be part of a situation where every year he was going to sit in there and think about it. So I get that. The statement that uh, that Tortorella sent out about this, my family and I loved living and working in this in the area. We have made lifelong friends here, so we do feel considerable sadness, which is to be expected when something so meaningful comes to an end. Um, in the... Uh, yeah, the full statement from from Torrell here. After discussion and consideration of the future direction of the team, Yarmo and I have come to a mutual agreement to part ways. I'd like to thank the Columbus Blue Jackets organization for the opportunity to coach this team and live in the great Columbus area. It has been a privilege to work with the players, coaches, and hockey operations staff, which is one of the best in the league. Also, I want to thank the CBJ fans and the community of the support they've given the team and for the work of the CBJ family and support of the community. My family and I have loved living and working in the area. We've made lifelong friends here. So we do feel considerable sadness, which is to be expected when something so meaningful comes to an end. This is a great hockey community, and I wish everyone here a great success moving forward. Thank you again. I've had this discussion on the show before. I'll say it this this last time, and maybe I'll say it again in the future. Who knows? But John Tortorella was what this team needed when he came here. I think he made the organization better long term. He was the head coach for what has now been definitely most definitively the best years of the Blue Jackets organization. Uh, I hope we do more in the future, but I mean, John Tortorella will always be talked about with a fond heart in Columbus. And, and I think the way it ended, I, I mean, last the last two nights where he put Jared Bowl on the bench and then Kenny McCudden, the video coach, just really great touches. Something that was really kind of fun about that was, so McCudden, he's been the video coach for the Blue Jackets for just about the whole of existence of the franchise. He's never actually watched a game, a Blue Jackets game live in Nationwide Arena until John had him on the bench last night. And John had him, Torts had him call out the final defensive pair of the game. I mean... There's something kind of beautiful about the way it ended where everybody knew it was ending. Like we all just kind of were like, yeah, this is, this is it. I mean, it, it's, I'm, there's some people who I'm sure want Tortorella back, but I, I think the majority of the CBJ fan base is kind of in that. We're all in that same place of, okay, we've, we've, you've brought us here. 
it really feels like maybe the team needs something different or where Yarmo's looking and where Torts is looking at taking things are different directions. And that happens. We get that. But it's good. It's a good thing that it happened. I, I, I mean, the... The the bet the closest thing I can think of it to considering, and this is going to be a, a weird one in some ways. If you growing up growing up in uh, in churches and whatnot, there were times when pastors would leave churches and there'd have to be changes. And I remember some of those some of those times were really sad. Some of those times had hurt feelings, but there was one or two that were kind of nice where there was just life was going in a different direction for everyone. What that pastor was doing, you know kind of evolved and changed um you know and and what where the church was going needed to change and it just kind of was like yeah this was this was a great time for everyone we're happy about it and we're moving on and in that spirit doing a little different because we do a lot of prognosticating on players and salary caps and and expected goals numbers and all that jazz on this show i want to take a minute and just talk about the best John Tortorella moment, the moments of, of the Tortorella tenure that I will remember. One, and this is encapsulated by two specific things he talked about, just the Torts attitude. Sometimes this rubbed you the wrong way when he would just be like, nope, we're done talking and he'd leave. And sometimes there would be statements where like when Zach Wierenski got hit in the face with a puck and came back, he would say, he would use the phrase, and if you listen to this with your kids and you don't want me to say a phrase that Tortorella says, turn it down. Like that kid's got balls as big as the building. That's just fun. It's really fun to hear a coach say that kind of positive thing about a player because most of the time you get, oh, he's a hard worker and he thinks the game well and he puts everything he has into practice. But just something like that to be like, yeah, this guy, that that particular phrase, balls as big as the building. That's that's just like, yeah, I that feels like you're one of the guys out there in the trenches with him. It's cool. The other one I'm thinking is, and I, I think it was against Chicago. We lost a game last year. And it had to do, it was the same time, I, I want to say it was when Merz Lincolns got hurt. It was either him or Corpy. I think mean, no, it was Corpy. It was when Corpy got hurt. And essentially, after the puck was dropped, there was like a half second to, to a sec, to half second to a second where the clock didn't start. And then play continued. And then Chicago scored in that final second to send it to overtime. And Corpusala was hurt. And Torts did what every fan wishes they could do, which is with everybody in front of them, went through what garbage it was and said, ah, oh, at this point in the game, this happened. And just just laid it out. And he got fined and all that stuff. And that, but it was just, it was just cathartic as a fan to be like, yeah, you get how unfair this feels. If they'd started the puck, if they'd started the clock when they should have started the clock, we would be fine. We would have won that game. So those two moments, getting to complain about the refs to a room full of reporters and saying one of these players has balls as big as the building. That's awesome. That that just there were times where Torts, as much as he takes people off, though there were times like that where you kind of felt a connection to Torts because you're like, he feels about what's happening the way I feel about what's happening. And that was great. That was fun. I, I enjoyed that. The next Tortorella moment. And this is one that I haven't seen talked about a lot recently in the last few days, but I I feel like it needs to be said. When John Tortorella was first hired, there was already an agreement in place that he was going to coach Team USA in the World Cup of Hockey. And 
I think it was. I think he was kind of hired with the idea of he's not coaching a team. It will probably be a while before he coaches a team, so he'll have time to deal with this. And then he got hired by the Blue Jackets. But this led to something really interesting, where Team USA did training camp for the World Cup of Hockey in Columbus because that's where Torts was. And then there was an exhibition game, Team USA versus Team Canada at Nationwide Arena. I don't know how many of you guys remember this. I went, my wife went, and a friend of ours and his wife, they all went. And I, my friend, I don't think it was his first hockey game, but it was pretty early on his going. It was definitely the first one I think his wife had been to. Uh, my wife hadn't been to many by that point. But if the only thing I can compare it to, first of all, it was it was really fun for me because for all four people there, we all were kind of like, this is the first time I've ever been to something where I'm cheering for Team USA. First time I've ever done that. And the only thing I can compare it to, and it's weird because it was an exhibition, the atmosphere was like a playoff game. People were nuts. It was so much fun. The U.S. won the exhibition game. I forget what the final score was. I want to say it was 4-2 or something. But I remember the place just just banging, just rocking the whole time. It was so much fun. And that's one of those towards moments that I think the Columbus hockey community is not remembering right now because we're remembering all the good moments of the Blue Jackets. But that one, that's something we can directly thank him for. And I just remember being so excited when that, I mean, that, that whole night was awesome. That, that beating Team Canada and all that stuff. And I know it was just an exhibition game, but that night, that was really great. That was an amazing time. The next big Torts moment, the 16-game winning streak. Now, obviously, Torts didn't make all that happen. When you win 16 in a row, some of it's luck. The moment I remember most from it, I think the Blue Jackets were actually two moments. I think the Blue Jackets were heading into game 13 or 14, and the Wild were heading into like a game 11 or 12 of their winning streak. And it was New Year's Eve, and people had dubbed this game the Unsustainable, which I thought was hilarious. And I remember specifically being New Year's Eve because we were supposed to go to a party. And I was told my wife, as I was watching it, I'm like, like I was dressed. Like I was in all my stuff. And I'm like, I, I can't leave till this game's over. We've got this streak going. If we win, we I ha- I mean, I have to watch this. And they beat the Wild that night. It was amazing. It was wonderful. And then I went, and then I still got to go to the New Year's Eve party and have a good time. And I, it was just, it was just one of those cloud nine moments. The next was that the final game of the 16 game winning streak against the Edmonton Oilers. I was there with my daughter. And we were sitting in the lower bowl. And I will always remember the, the whole crowd, the whole arena chanting, We want 16. We want 16. It was just, it was, uh, it was uh, an electric moment of just coolness. It was just so much fun. And I just, those moments when you feel like you're part of something that the team will talk about for years is a, it's just incredible. And speaking of the thing, the team will talk about for years, the sweep of the Tampa Bay lightning. Uh, the thing is, so that game, 
it is it is hard to to sit down. It's hard to remember to put yourself back in back in that mindset. Um it's hard to put yourself in that mindset. Because if you remember, that was the year the Blue Jackets decided to go all in. We traded for we traded for Duchesne, we traded for Dezingle. We kept Panarin and kept Bobrovsky knowing they were probably going to end up walking. And the thought was, let's do it. Let's just go for it, guys. And that team, if you forget, barely made the playoffs. But there was always this sense of like, man, this team's better than this. What's going on? And they were playing the President's Trophy winners, the Tampa Bay Lightning, the team that for years everybody thought was the best team in the league and hadn't won a cup yet. I mean, we all now know won the, the next year. But the moment from that series that is definitely the torts moment was in the third in the before the first game, what Tort said to the team. All right, here we go. Forget about skills, forget about X's and O's. It's a mindset of believing, Tort said. It's amazing what can happen. So you stand in there and you don't take a backward step, not for a second stand face to face with them and take it right to them there was not one taking a backward step here just awesome a thing of glory and then the blue jackets go on to sweep the tampa bay lightning in what was just a euphoric moment of sport i loved it i loved every second of it it was such a oh man it's great it's great having these memories to think back on as a, as a sports fan of, of things that happened that you're happy about with your pro sports team. For years, all the good moments I had were like the Ohio State Buckeyes. After a few years of John Tortorella, we've got a lot of more memories about the Blue Jackets like this. Hopefully there's more to come, but uh, this this is this is great. And speaking of a great moment, probably for the next week, I'm probably not going to watch a whole lot of hockey just because the Blue Jackets are out. Something that happens to me every year whenever the Blue Jackets are done for the season, for about a week, I tend to just not watch a lot of hockey. Um, I've heard this described before when people say, you know, once your team loses in a round in the playoffs, you have a round of mourning, where the next round you don't really watch. And it's been a few years since the Blue Jackets didn't make it, but this year we've got this weird thing. There's going to be like a week of regular season games before the playoffs even hit, so... I'll be able to watch the playoffs probably right from the beginning. It'll be fun. But last night after the Blue Jackets season ended, I switched over to a different game. Switched over to watch the Oilers play the Canucks. Because we saw Connor McDavid score his 100th point of this season in 53 games. I'm just going to say this now. Because I know that hockey fans sometimes tend to be very uh, tribal. We tend to very much look at our own team. During the playoffs, if you haven't had a chance, turn on the Edmonton Oilers games. Connor McDavid is the kind of player that people will talk about in the same breath as Gretzky and Lemieux and and just the best ever. That's what he is. And we're at the early part of his career. I mean, he hit 100 in a season. The thing is, he did it in 53 games. By the end of his career, we're going to be counting how many 100-point seasons did this guy have. It's awesome. So enjoy it, guys. I mean, I, it, it it stinks that the Blue Jackets are not in the playoffs. I hate it. I would love for the Blue Jackets to be in the playoffs this year. I'd love for them to be going for a cup. 
It's not happening. So what am I going to do? I'm going to enjoy watching the playoffs. I'm going to root for Nick to get one to win it in Toronto. After that, I think my second choice team is Minnesota because that sounds like fun to watch Kirill Kiprasov and a different Felino win it. Um, I'm going to have a hard time rooting for Savard because he's in Tampa. But you know what? If Tampa wins it, good for David Savard. That's what I want. The reason I'm probably leaning towards Toronto right now is the idea of seeing both Felino and uh, and uh, Riley Nash winning a cup would be awesome. And then anytime a Toronto fan brings it up, we'll be like, yeah, but you only won because the Blue Jackets gave you those final pieces. So that's that's what I'm going to be going on to here. So thank you all very much for watching, listening. Please subscribe to the show and all that good stuff. Thank you very much. Again, check out DraftKings, promo code THPN there. Thank you very much, and go Jackets. Please subscribe to the show. Follow us on Twitter at Jackets Debrief. And thank you for listening.